Okay, I'd like you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Feel your lungs, your whole body. Hold it for one quick second and then let it go fast. Feel your body relax, your muscles soften. One more time, deep breath in, hold it, and then relax. We're now going to practice the loving kindness meditation. you to say to yourself, may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. Try to feel each one of those words. Be as genuine as you can to yourself. May I be well. May I be physically and mentally well. May I be happy. May I be free from anger, free from pain from discomfort, anxiety, depression. May I be happy. Say to yourself, may I be peaceful. May I be at ease of all that is. Enjoy this feeling of loving kindness that you've generated. And now let's start to expand it toward our friends, family members, teachers. Wish them all well. Wish them all happy. Wish them all peacefulness. Maybe specifically think of one person and picture them. Try 
to generate this loving kindness and give that to them. May they be well. May they be happy. May they be peaceful. Now I'll take this feeling of loving kindness and expand it even more. Expand it to your neighbors, the city that you live in, the people that you encounter, your pets, the whole world, the whole universe. Wish everything to be well, to be happy, and to be peaceful. Now that we've produced this feeling of love and kindness toward ourselves and toward the world, I'd like you to turn your attention to the subtle sensation of your breath. Enjoy each inhale and exhale. Don't force it. Just enjoy it. Try to put your total focus on just your breath. Any thoughts that arise, just recognize them, smile at them. Don't grasp on them, just let them fade into the distance. 
turn your attention back to your breath. If there is a thought or if your mind is racing and you're starting to feel frustrated with yourself, just take a moment quickly and wish yourself wellness, happiness, and peacefulness until those thoughts start to fade away. And then bring your attention back to the breath. If you need to shift your position, just do so mindfully, it's okay. And return your attention back to the breath. Enjoy this current moment.
express gratitude to yourself for taking this moment. Bring your attention back to your body. To the cushion, to sitting down. And then make a determination to do this practice every day, even if just for five minutes. You deserve it. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, man, this is weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, I first wanted to thank you for coming here to the Blue Lotus Temple and uh, showing your support. Um, can't express how lucky we are to have this, um, this wonderful place and access to the Dharma, and access to the wonderful monks. Um, we are, I just, I'm truly grateful and uh, to, to have this opportunity to talk to you. Uh, a quick background on myself, I was introduced to Buddhism when I was about 15 years old when I got into martial arts. My teacher at the time was a Buddhist, and um, I, I knew that this had a lot of answers for me. Um, some other philosophies weren't just not matching my personality. So uh, this kind of hit home. And so for the past, you make me do math now, almost 30, wow, almost 30 years that uh, um, I've been trying to implement these practices into my daily life. And today I'd like to share, you, share with you kind of how I try to use it to make my life better. Um, I by no means have succeeded, <laughs> don't get me wrong, um, but I, I'm not miserable, so I, I'm going to take that as a win. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the purpose of my talk is to share with you, again, how to use these tools to better my life. Um, I hope you guys, I don't know if you had the opportunity to listen to Michael's talk. Uh, Michael in Sri Lanka, um, about perfection and, and about the expectation of perfection we put on ourselves and others 
it was a fantastic talk. And I think, is it on the, it's recorded, so yeah. Um, Excellent, excellent. So um, I, I encourage you uh, to listen to that because it was an awesome talk. And I'm kind of going to piggyback that a little bit uh, with this concept of reframing. Um, there are two very strong lessons that I learned from Bhante Sujatha. And they were just two simple sentences. And the first sentence is, suffering is optional. That was so powerful when I heard that. Oh, that's right. In any experience, we can kind of decide in how we're going to react. So the next time I'm maybe feeling angry, I'm just going to decide, you know what, I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm going to be happy, and bam, I'm happy. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I really thought it did, but it doesn't. There's, there's a lot more work into it. And so like on another occasion... Um, Bhante was talking about an experience he was having. It was an unpleasant experience. I don't remember the details. But then he would say, like, how wonderful this opportunity is to teach me blank. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's it. That's, that's the next step. That's something I can mm, utilize to get to this idea of having a chance to... Um, not control my, not be controlled by my emotions, I guess would be the best way to put it, was, would be to just see those emotions arise and then kind of relax. So I had about a week a notice that I was going to give this talk, and so I was trying to focus on experiences where I could use this idea of reframing, of taking my perception of an experience and kind of changing it so I feel less anger, so I feel less anxious, so I feel uh, more happy and enjoyable. And the people around me do too. And so uh, I have two experiences that I'd like to share with you. So there was a uh, younger employee who was assigned to work with me. I I'm a surveyor, and so I work in the field. So I work outside every day, either in construction sites or in the middle of nowhere. And I was, uh, we have this new employee, and this person really likes to talk a lot. And he likes to give a lot of unsolicited information. And, says, and one thing that he just kept talking about over and over again is that there's these certain medicines or herbs that can heal all of these different type of ailments. And I was like, okay, all right, I, that's cool. Um, you're trying to help people. That, I, I like that. But he kept going and kept pushing it. And I would ask him questions about it. And he started to um, just be even more matter-of-factly like without all this evidence, he said, this is just it. This is it. No, no, this is the problem. And I, I was starting to get kind of bothered with him. And by the end of the day, I had this frustration kind of built up in, inside me. And I was taking off my safety helmet. And then he looks at me. He was like, Eric, have you ever heard of white root, stinging white root? No, no, I haven't. He's like, well, Eric, it's great for two things. He's, I noticed that you're kind of thinning on top, and that you know that's an off that causes, or one of the major causes of that is because of um, you know prostate. So there's something wrong with your prostate, and um, you're, you're balding. So I think that would really help. 
So in that moment, <laughs> I closed my eyes briefly. I did a quick, may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. Because what wanted to come out of my mouth was not compassionate or, and I thought of a bunch, but um, luckily through this practice, I was able to have that little time. So may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. Opened my eyes, and the best I could come up with was, well, it's hereditary. That's all I could do at that moment. I know maybe now that I look at it and I've thought about this experience more, maybe um, a more enlightened response would have been, uh, you know, I thank you. You are trying to take um, interest in my health, and you're trying to help me, and I appreciate that. But at that time, that was not going to happen. That mind was not there. But I didn't respond with hurtful words, and so I, I was like, Shh, win. <laughs> you know, one for the Dharma, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I knew that I was going to be able to work with this person again. They were going to have me work with him again. And I knew that this experience of me not enjoying his company was going to come up. And so I had to reframe my experience of when I'm going to be with him or when I see him again. And the way I reframed that was, wow, this, this person, I, I, I feel is genuine. I feel he's very genuine and he wants, he, he does want to help. And so I'm going to kind of hold on to that part. So everything that he says, I'm going to try to take out that, wow, this, how wonderful this opportunity is, uh, to meet this person that cares. And I do believe he cares. If this is someone who didn't care, I wouldn't reframe it that way, obviously. I'm not trying to delude myself, but I'm trying to um, change my, I, my outlook on the experience to where now it's no longer uh, painful. It's no longer uncomfortable. It's almost enjoyable now. Um, and this, this idea of reframing, Rambhati Sujata said, how wonderful this experience is to teach me blank. I was, uh, it really, really helped me. Um, so I want to give you one more other story. That one, for those of you who have full head of hair, you might not be able to relate. So this other story, I think we all will. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I really enjoy, um, which is kind of happy, I've been learning to play the cello. I've been doing this for like two years. And I just, I, I enjoy it. I, this is like my time. It's fun. Um, it's a nice hobby. And so I was running very late from work and I was wanted to get to my lesson. And so I was driving really fast, um, almost irresponsibly fast. And I got to this point where then I was right behind this person and we were on a one way street and this person was driving really slow. And I thought, man, this why is this person preventing me from coming to going to the place where you know my enjoyment? This person is preventing me from from getting to my cello lesson, and just I deserve this. I deserve this time, and I, I couldn't do it right away. It was about I stewed in that for like let's say ten minutes. All right, I, I was there, and then I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I need to reframe this, and then the way that I tried to reframe it was, I saw. This person, how wonderful this opportunity is. This person is preventing me from getting a speeding ticket. <laughs> this person is preventing me from driving recklessly. This person is 
teaching me to slow down. And when I started to genuinely believe that is when I was able to relax. I was not worried. Um, if I was late, I was going to be late. Uh, that was in just the way things were. So it was th these things, these two teachings would have been um, just so powerful to me. Um, I wanted to share them with you today. And I hope, uh, I hope that helps. And if, if you can relate, awesome. If you can't, uh, if you think that it's crazy, yeah, come up to me and tell me because I'm always learning. I always want to learn. Um, okay. Well, th thank you very much. With the announcements, Todd. Yeah. Luckily, my hair is growing lush and full. <laughs> but I do have to change my glasses. <laughs> okay, these are the coming events for Saturday, October 22nd. And thank you, Eric. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Thanks. Very nice talk. <laughs> okay, some of you may be wondering where the Dickens these monks are, have been for the last two weekends. They told me to tell you they are not goofing off, far from it. This time of year marks the end of the rainy season in India when the monks leave their monasteries, and so they need more, they need, they need new robes. In some temples, there is a ceremony where the monks are offered dana and new robes. We don't do that in this temple. Last weekend, the monks were at the Great Lakes Buddhist Vihara in Michigan, and this weekend, they are at the Blue Lotus Buddhist Temple in Louisiana with Monte Tamadasi. We are having our New Year's blessing on October the 10th this year. Many monks from around the country will be here, and we each have the opportunity to help pay for their travel expenses. On the little table... Yes, December 10th. Did I say that? No. <laughs> Okay, I, I do need new glasses. December 10th. Is, um, so on a little, sort of little table with a white sheet on it, there are sign-ups for um, finger foods and other treats, yes. And there's also a sign-up for uh, sponsoring a monk. So they need sponsoring for their travel expenses. Um, so you can sponsor a whole monk for $100 or part of a monk for 50 or two monks for 200, whatever you can afford and whatever you feel like giving. That's be wonderful. Then tomorrow, uh, Sunday, Wimala will lead our virtual Sutta study discussion from 3 to 4 p.m. This is conducted only on... We are examining Bhikkhu Bodhi's book, The Buddha's Teachings on Social and Communal Harmony, an anthology of discourses from the Pali Canon which is a beautiful and timely ex uh, examination of the suttas on these subjects, and I would urge everyone to please sign up for that. And if you can't do that, at least buy the book. We do have it in the library. And, of course, Bhikkhu Bodhi is a wonderful translator um, of the suttas. Wimala will also lead the Blue Lotus Book Club on Monday evening from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., which is also on Zoom only, we are reading and discussing the book, Buddhism, Plain and Simple, The Practice of Being Aware Right Now, Every Day, by Steve Hagen.
This plain spoken book is a great resource for beginners as well as seasoned practitioners. Uh, we also have that book also in the library. It's good um, if you're just starting out. It's a very good book to read. Both of these events, both of these events are free, and you can register for them by going to the temple's website and finding them on the calendar. You can click on their name on the calendar for a link to Eventbrite, where you can um, reserve a place. You don't have to pay anything. I'll leave. You can make a donation if you wish. You can also scan the QR code on their flyers and the bulletin board in the social hall. A Zoom link will be sent to your email an hour before the event starts. For this Monday's evening's meditation session at 7 p.m., Todd, Niels Todd Nielsen, that's me, will be showing a PowerPoint presentation that explains Pali pronunciations and also gives some tricks for memorizing our chants. So today we didn't do any chants, but um, I know a lot of people are puzzled by how to um, pronounce a lot of the Pali words, and I can give you a, a quick lesson on that, and I can also teach you some tricks, tricks so you don't have to keep flipping through the books to do your chanting. So thank you again, and thank you all for coming. Any questions or comments? Yes. Great, thanks. And you know, for the near, the nearest blessings, for those of you who have been here before, the monks create this like a gazebo here. That's what they call it—a beautiful, a little. Well, it's a gazebo, and they all sit in there. And what you do is you bring things that you want to be blessed for the new year, like your mala or a image or a statue or a picture or jewelry or anything, anything that will fit in a gazebo. And then um, they're chanting they chant the Purita, which is a uh, collection of suttas that um, confer blessings and protections on the people who hear them. There are two of them in our chanting book, um, the Ratana Sutta, which is my favorite, and the Metakaraniya Sutta, which is loving kindness. And if you have time, just look in the chanting book and read those through, and then you'll know what they're chanting about. So their chanting will um, bless the items that you bring. So thank you all again, and um, I will put the flame out. <laughs>